Welcome back to Browner and Lawhead. I am John Browner, as always, joined by my radio partner and world traveled in the new year, Jason Lawhead. Jason, we are here on the Mightier 1090 ESPN to start the year off of our shows. Obviously, Happy New Year to everyone, and I hope you guys had a safe travels. Unless you're on Southwest, you're probably listening via uh, podcast because you can't get home. Um, we're starting the year off with a very, very somber moment and a very um, sobering, sobering uh, sports moment that has occurred uh, on Monday Night Football last night. Uh, first of all, uh, I'm going to explain where we are, and if you haven't heard, and Jason can uh, chime in after that. Um, Damar Hamlin, a defensive back for the Buffalo Bills after a hit on T Higgins suffered what is being called a cardiac arrest, which basically means his heart stopped on the field. Um, if you saw the game, or if you've seen the highlights by now, you can see him. Cause I, I'm not going to play that. We're not going to play any of that here. Not the hit, not any of it. He uh, collapsed fell onto his back onto the field and had to be administered CPR by doctors and trainers from both medical teams. Now, I've been watching football for a long time. I'm not an old man. Jason has been watching football a very long time. He I am an, an old, old man. man. Okay, he is an old man. I don't want to say it. Jason, on a, on, in a, on a moment like that, in a sport like the NFL, on its premiere night to have that happen what were your thoughts uh never seen anything like it you know emotional kind of thinking about it when you know how valuable you know you the longer you live uh you realize how more valuable life is when you keep your health and you're you've been able to you know, see your loved ones around you. I got parents who are 85 years old, right? And uh, how blessed am I for that to not have to go through those kind of tragedies. And when you see uh, him get up, I knew it was bad even before the the, the first time you saw the replay. Because most guys go down, they stay down, they're down. Mm -hmm. You kind of get a sense on the field um of okay e even if it's kind of serious where they end up putting the little next mobilizer on them and puts them on the cart they're usually you know thumbs up they can it, 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 whatever you've seen a lot but then you kind of get a reassurance that it picks up pretty soon afterwards and they show the player at least nodding to the crowd or his teammates and you kind of get a sense of uh yeah hey yeah it is a violent sport but like last night when I first saw the replay of him come to his feet and then fall back down the way he fell down, uh, you you could there was like a pit went into my stomach, and it was nothing I've ever seen in any any sports really, other than you know I remember I'm I'm old enough because he was kind of a hero to Northeast Ohio. I'm, I remember when Ray Mancini killed Duku Kim in the ring. Uh, that fight was on television. It was a brutal, brutal beating before, you know, it obviously went too late. And then 
Dooku Kim, but you know, they took him off. It, you, it was boxing. Um, and then he, I think he died on a life support system. So after that though, I mean, how do you even talk sports today? Uh, you know, how do you even, uh, it's hard to talk about this, let alone anything. And, and, uh, I would just say to anyone, the NFL, Disney, whoever's can strong arm this situation to just say, call it a tie. I, I don't care who it benefits the chiefs, the bills a little bit. Uh, let these people that have to deal with it close by it, deal with it. Um, just move on from this game, separate it from it all. Uh, and just, um, try to hope for the best for this young man. I mean, you know, but I've said it before on the show, you know, when two has gone down that an NFL career, you're one just legal hit, you're one play away from mm -hmm. it all being over, even in just the career sense, let alone a lot of other. And uh, it's sad that a guy that young, 24, you know, mm -hmm. has to go through even uh, his family and the team. And uh, I don't know, man. I don't know how you even like, unless he makes a miraculous discovery, I don't know how that night, that that play doesn't change. I mean, I don't know, man. That's, that's There's so many aspects of this that we're going to cover today. Uh, I I got to I got to start with initially when he went down cuz we watched so much football. We watched so much football. Some people even intake high school football. I cannot bring it upon me to do so. But the small amount of college football I intake and the massive amount I watch about 4 or 5 NFL games a week. Not in counting, I'm talking about a weekend, not in counting Monday night, which I watch, or Thursday night, which I watch. I'm talking about four or five games outside of those two games. You see hits, you see guys get dizzy, you see guys break legs, you see Dak Prescott's foot turn the other way, you see all types of injuries in football. But the guys around it will tell you how severe an injury is. The guys around it will tell you how severe the moment is is in that moment you knew this was not a regular injury you knew it wasn't a concussion the way the players responded you can as a viewer you we couldn't see the exact moment where cpr was administered but you could see when the players started breaking down and the players started crying because that they knew this isn't a concussion. This is something else. This is different. And so from, from that standpoint, I think that's when I think that's when it, it, it just it, it got a, it got a little different yeah. for everyone at that point. Because guys were visibly. On both teams, by the way, openly crying because they couldn't contain their emotions in a highly emotional game. They couldn't contain their emotions on what they were seeing. Because we, you, we, we, look, man, we work in words. You're a professional comedian. You, you, you do the show. I do the show. I'm a pretend comedian. <laughs> we, we work in the, in, in the realm of language. So we are 
guilty of stretching words. We are guilty of creating ways to use the language to be more expressive, to capsulize the moment. And these terms of we're going to war or I'll put my life on the line for this or I'll die for this got very real for those guys who pregame hype each other up. I'm ready to run through a wall. I'm putting my, we, I'm going to war with my brothers. And it got real when one of them didn't get up. And so when the war analogy becomes real, you could see it on the players' faces. You could see it in their body language. You could see it in the referees of, uh-oh, what do we do now? Because at one point there was a, I don't know, I don't want to call it a rumor. At one point, it was a sense of they were going to give the guys a five-minute warm-up and play. And they, they they had footage of Joe Burrow throwing. Uh, they had footage of Stefan Diggs, like, hyping guys up in a circle. And as I'm watching him try to hype guys up, they're not even looking at him. Yeah. They're staring off in the space. Some men in that huddle are still crying. Right. And I said to myself, they're not playing more football. What are we doing here? Yeah. What are we doing? Yeah, you had a you know, you had those kind of guys, maybe like Diggs initially, and, and I'm sure there was other just uh guys that are just quieter that just internally felt that optimism. Like he's listen, dude, this guy's gonna get up here in a second. Correct. You're in that like little bit of denial. Like you're like, hey guys, let's get around here because my man's gonna be getting up here in a second. We're all gonna be applauding him and we gotta get it like and then when you see the faces looking back at you, and then you really kind of that's the response to your denial. You're then your then your real mirror takes over and you go, oh boy. And then I knew you knew something was bad, really, like kind of just initially off of how quick they went to that second commercial and Joe Buck's voice, how, and then they had already shown the first replay of it. And I kind of watched the play through because I was really intently watching that game and Higgins made a catch over the middle and he had already gotten first down and he was trying to get any extra yardage and the secondary was converging and he kind of picked that lane on the smaller guy. He saw a physical mismatch. And if he was going to go tumbling forward and get hit, he was going to at least be the bigger, stronger, you know, guy. And you could kind of see that hit. And, you know, uh, you know, he never got low. He never got low against a bigger, stronger guy that was going in at a head of steam that was intent on getting extra yards through the tackle. And it was just, I think, if I had to guess, that type of, you know, just – boom yeah piled on with possibly some other um things he may have been feeling with adrenalines and body chemistry and who knows what his you know makeup is with his the connections between the electrical the brain and the heart and the different you know who knows that could start one of these things and um but when I saw the replay and then I heard Buck's voice going into that second break I remember looking at my wife going Oh my God, this is really, really, really bad. And then they came back with shots 
of the players reactions closer to the ambulances and the size of and I was like, oh, I just got sick. I got to tell you, I was I was sitting with a uh, a medical professional. I'll call it that. Okay. I was sitting with a medical professional. And they told they said if if this is a if they're giving him CPR cuz that's what I said to him. I said it looks like they said they're giving him CPR for 9 said, minutes. If they're giving him CPR, this is just for show. He is dead. And again, that person wasn't there. This is their opinion, and okay. I'm relaying that opinion right. of a person why because I don't want to. I don't want people to get this confused. They said that what they're doing, they're they're trying to save him with the tools that they have in that particular moment. But if you're giving him CPR and you're still on the field for that long, that's for show because you have to you have to do something in the moment to illustrate we're trying to save this person but this person's gone the person who i was sitting with said there's a 99 percent chance that that person died on impact and the standing up is just the blood left in their body like this is just like sometimes you see people uh uh get hit get up and make some type of move and then fall right back down you know, that that's similar well, to what you saw yeah so his their take on it is they want to see what the what the medical the people they take them to the hospital they want to hear what they're calling it and if they're just simply calling it a cardiac arrest moment and they were able to stabilize his heart which is what they're saying they want to see an internal report on that because if they if they're reporting that they stabilized his heart he would like to know how they did that because if a person fell down like that and you're giving them CPR and 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 defibrillating defibrillations for that long, that person's gone. So the long-term effects of that, I mean, I don't know. Well, if they were able we to say, if they were able to save them through expert type of um you know, just correct persistence, right? Like, look, correct. the average Joe, the average Joe probably even with some defibrillators and a little knowledge of that and has a CPR certification probably isn't saving that guy's life, but a team, no. of on, a, a team of on field pro first responders with those tools and an ambulance right there in the tunnel to bring out and the persistence to be like that, 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 that keep going, keep going. Keep. And yes, it, it's probably, it's probably not. It's grim. If even if like, He's gonna survive. Like it's probably grim the, the amount of blood that probably was lost to his brain, and that was it's probably grim. Um, because that is a very long, long time. Long time. I, I've heard I, I talked to a couple people just in the texting-wise that I know are in the medical field, and that's a long time to give CPR and even to just get hooked up on oxygen afterwards to not mm -hmm. have, have some da damage. It's it's grim looking. Yeah. I mean, and that's the sadly that might just be best case scenario. I mean, that's, that's what's sad. One of the, <laughs> one of the things I thought when we, when we saw was how the broadcast handled it, because I, I gotta be honest with you, man. I've never seen anything like that. Obviously, Reggie Lewis had a heart attack on the court and he passed. 
Hank Gathers had a heart attack on the court. He passed. Mm. Guys in basketball have passed in that way. But they, but they were these weren't like massively televised events, right? When it happened, whether it be Lisa Salters or Joe Buck or Troy Aikman or Lisa Salters or or Booger McFarlane or or um, uh, I had to turn Booger, I I had to turn Booger off because he was just cry. I, I was gonna cry. I was, I was getting. I was crying. I was. I could see. I just. Oh man, I was like, I gotta turn. I, I gotta turn. He's like. To him, it's it was ripping me apart. Like, not I'm not criticizing him at all. What I'm saying is, I I, I couldn't watch him because I, I would have. Yeah, it was it was it was hard to watch him as a guy that played and has been a broadcaster knows all these guys. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, he might know that not know that young buck right away, but I'm sure he's crossed the field with him, and 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 and, and there would have been a time where. You know, I mean, and he knows all those guys on Buffalo, though, that he knows what a teammate is and what it's about. And uh, even if you're a rookie, if you're in there contributing and, you know, you're playing on defense for the Bills on a Super Bowl contender and, you know, and mm-hmm. at 24 years old out of pit, late round draft pick, not, you know, not an earlier pick and uh, mm, giving toys to kids over the holidays doing a GoFundMe for you know toys and things and so when 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 the announcers are doing the best they can when booker mcfarland is trying to express the level of emotion that some of those guys may be going through i think that we i think that that it, it gets me back to my original point where every once in a while we get reminded that these are people because through fantasy football, through video games, through betting, athletes have just, and through the sheer amount of money that they make and the popularity that they gain, they seem like robots to people. They don't seem like humans. So sometimes, unfortunately, last night was a case of Sometimes you need to be reminded that these are humans, that these are bodies and they break just like you. They There's a chance they could die doing what they do just like you. And this isn't a sport or this isn't a, 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 a situation where this guy's a cop or this guy's a soldier. This guy's a firefighter where you take this job knowing that there's a chance you won't go home. That's not what he. That's not what he signed up for. But that's the that's the predicament he finds himself in, and so sometimes we get a reminder from a sports landscape that these guys are humans, and to sometimes you got to check yourself because I, I I didn't I didn't go on Twitter. I tweeted out the NFL should not play the rest of this game, and I didn't go back on Twitter mm-hmm. after that. Because yeah. the things I begin to see, I couldn't. Yeah, I couldn't. Because at that point, the callousness of Twitter, I could not absorb it. Yeah, yeah, you're right. I don't know how much time we have left, but yeah, this guy is not just a robot. I mean, he's got a mama who's so proud of him. You know, all these players they got moms, granddads, they got all kinds. They got kids, they got wives, they got you know loved ones that are wearing their jerseys at the games, you know, um, taking care of them, making sure 
that they got to where they got, you know, helping them, supporting them, and then seeing them off like this. And then to have that happen. Yeah, it's hard, man. It's hard. I was, you know, all geared up, talk sports in the new year, get back to it. There was so mm. much to cover. And uh, in an instant, like just sitting there watching it, all that, I couldn't wait to talk about. Kyle, what we were getting into today, first day back, you know, and then this game particularly last night and all of that is just like, you know, even tomorrow, it's like, what, you talk about football? You can talk about Yeah, it. man, I, this 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 podcast in particular, this show in particular here on the ESPN Mighty 1090, we try to bring levity. We try to have fun. We try to do more of a joking aspect. We try to focus this show more on laughs than on statistics. But because we, we have a saying, by the time you get to us, you pretty much made up your mind. So let's have some fun with it. And we're going to try to do that a little bit when we come back right here on the Brown and Lawhead show. Mm. Welcome back to the Mightier 1090. I'm John Browner, joined by Jason Lawhead. We are known by Browner and Lawhead here on the Mightier 1090 ESPN, part of the Great Friends Podcast Network, heading into 2023. Congratulations, you've made it. My somber tone, and you will soon hear Jason's somber tone if you're just joining us, due to, is due to the topic that we're discussing. Um, we had a, uh, a a severe injury last night, a cardiac arrest at, uh, at by Demar Hamlin of the Buffalo, a secondary uh, member of the Buffalo, the Buffalo Bills, and it's just it's really shaken us uh, as a viewer and as a person as a lifelong sports advocate and participant. Uh, it definitely shook me and. I could tell by just our conversations on and off air, it shook Jason and it shook everyone involved. Um, the thing that at some point people are going to have to communicate with is uh, what happens to him next? And less importantly, which we'll try to tackle this immediately in this, in this sense of what happens with the game now. I am of the opinion the game is irrelevant. Whatever you need to do for the standings, figure it out. You can't penalize the Bengals for, and have the Ravens somehow win the division if they win next week because there was a tie in this game. If you got to give both the teams wins, give them wins. If, if, if Buffalo's trying to get the first round by and they don't want to play next week, by the way, if they don't want to play their next game, which I can't—I I don't care if it's Saturday or Sunday, but if they still can't play because we don't know the outcome of his medical condition, it, it, some sometimes you just gotta let—you gotta make new rules. And this is a particular situation where if the Buffalo Bills don't want to play again until the playoffs. You gotta grant them that. You got to grant them that. You can't punish them. You can't give them a forfeit. If if they if, if Buffalo has to play, if New England and Buffalo have to play, and Buffalo emotionally, because they don't know, or you get the worst news that this young man has passed, just give both the teams a win. Just do 
do the right thing. Because I thought last night they did the right thing from a, from a broadcasting standpoint. I don't know what happened behind the scenes with his family and things of that nature. But from a broadcasting standpoint, I felt like everybody did the right thing. When it comes to the quote-unquote outcome of the game and what should be determined, I will plead for the NFL to do the right thing. Give both the teams a win. Don't give them a tie. Don't penalize either team for what happened. Give both teams a win. And if you need to do that again for Buffalo and New England the following weekend, which is this upcoming weekend, you should do so for the same for them too. So you're saying give both teams a win? Yes. Okay. I mean, my first my first early thought was call it a tie. Let's move on. If that, I don't care who it benefits, Kansas City. I said that earlier on the outset. I think in in my earlier, just um, but yeah, you know your your version, um, you know it still keeps the you know Chiefs at the one C right. No, it keeps the Bills at the one C with a win, and then uh, so I, I guess only some. Really, just heartless Chiefs fans and some degenerate gamblers, possibly. Because they're would, out there. Would would yeah, they're out there and they're on Twitter and whatever the things they're saying and some awful, awful people. Very small percentage, hopefully a small percentage, of just horrible, miserable bastards would um would, would be affected by that of decision or a tie too. Same, just different sections of miserable bastards would be affected by that if that's the if they came up with the tie. I think the tie or the win scenario is the fairest and just most humane thing to do. Um, and, you know, if the NFL has any you know thoughts of trying to play this game or jam it in, I, I would hope that, uh, you know, um, uh, Disney would, would stand there and say, look, this is the right, this is our game. The right, we have the rights to this game. Um, we had them on Monday night. We have the right, we have the rights to this game. And you know what? We're not we're not broadcasting. We're not we're not part of it. Um, and we'll return all of our advertisers monies, whatever. And any of those people that and we will make it public of who didn't want to support any of that. And if they're not going to donate to the Hamlin family, the, the, the money, we will make sure that we uh, say that out loud too often and remind people what what you know. So I don't know. Um, but um, at some point, you just got to say. You know, and I, I, I'm with you. Last night, you know, you can criticize the NFL for a lot of things a lot of times, yeah. and who knows even what is operating currently in their, uh, you know, uh, with all this. But, you know, to say they waited too long, what, what, look, you have to take pause with these types of things. Um, mm -hmm. You know, they, they got the, they got the ambulance, they got the first responders out, they did all the due diligence to get that young man. In, you know, stabilized in and at least off to the hospital and then they you know the smoke cleared and they did the right thing i hope they just continue to do the right thing this game shouldn't be played and you like you said you know um the guys for buffalo this week playing another game this close i mean their game's on sunday already their game's on sunday it, already I mean, the next game is on Sunday, let alone some cockamamie idea of a makeup or, or at least pick up where you left off game. Give me a break. So I don't know, man. That's and that, like you said, that's the least of the worries, no matter who it benefits. I don't care if it benefits the Chiefs. I don't care. Like whatever the right decision for them not to play this game and possibly let the Buffalo Bills, you know, maybe or just let the Bills hold their seed where they are. 
you put mm-hmm. these last two games. You put these last two games at NA and say the Bills season ended today, and this is where their seed is, no matter what. NA, NA, mm-hmm. uh, NA for the Bengals, but they'll get one more game to play for seeding because the Bills aren't moving, and so you just know it's either and maybe just do that. And just say their season ends before the Bengals game at that hit. And so wherever they seated at that point, that's they don't get to move from there no matter what anybody else does. I think that is the that's a great idea too. Because some and again, some people may feel like this discussion is insensitive, but I'm I'm I guarantee you well, somebody's just, gotta have this conversation. No, no, this I'm what a, we do I, for me a living. We talk we this right. is what we do for a living, yes. you know. We we you know, unfortunately, like this is what we do for a living, right? Like we we, you, we have a you have about to and, and at least it's somebody honest, has to have this discussion at the NFL office. I don't somebody's gotta have this conversation with the Buffalo Bills as an organization. Somebody's got to have this conversation with the Patriots. Somebody's got to have it at the Bengals. Like this needs to be worked out. So whether people may, whether these conversations have become uncomfortable for people or whether the, the callous or the harshness of, okay, well, what do we do now? That's again, I tell people all the time when I have this conversation, I'm pretty sure you can. Um, I mean, that still has uh, to be figured out. You can you can be sensitive to what's happening and still, you know, have a you know, modem of discussion to say, like, this has to be figured out and figured out pretty soon. Like the playoffs start. If this you want to be the middle the, of the I, season I, that you can kind of massage it and have an owner's vote or something. I mean, this is I say this playoffs. all the time. I say this all the time. Two people who are overly who are overly involved in their employment. If you don't wake up, they will hire somebody else. Take care of your family. Mm-hmm. Take a day off work. Take a long lunch. Okay, leave work early if you if you if you got something going on. If you got a family situation. If your kids got a game, go to the game. Go to the game. If you if you got a family situation, go be with your family. Your job will replace you if you do not if you don't make it. This, this this is real. This is real life. This is real life. And so I hope that people don't take this conversation as a we're being careless toward this young man's no, emotional not. state because we're not, or his physical state because we're not. This is the arena in which we operate. In. I think we're actually. So this a- is. I think we're actually having a very empathetic conversation to the whole, the team and his teammates and everything as a whole and how much he means that we're saying correct. Don't even just put NAs next to their games and let correct. them try to get. I mean, still, even if they get the buy, still that's three. We even try to get focused in that much more time to just even do your job the way you've been doing it, like you said for all those weeks, and knowing that. You know, uh, all of that happened. You can't erase that from your memory. All those guys are going to see that. That's like combat type of stuff. And mm-hmm. um, so I think we're having a very empathetic conversation about what is still going to have to be done. It's not like you can just ignore the fact that you have to deal with this in a playoff type of order. I, I mean, it's still, I mean, you know, so... We're having that discussion, and I think we have an empathetic one that says, "Don't let them, don't make them play football." I mean, obviously they're men. Let them sit in the locker room together and and you know kind of jury this thing out, but don't don't make them play and don't hurt them for it. I think, the, and I also think the public's response to this 
unfortunate incident has been overwhelmingly heartwarming. Like when they drive this man to the hospital, they're Bengals fans, they're Bills fans outside the hospital. Like just a show of support. Like obviously when you're out there, there's nothing you can do. But you being there, I guarantee you his family appreciated that. I guarantee you the organizations appreciated that. So, I I, I mean, there's some people that you got to just, you know, give a, a, a kudos to. And that being the Bengals or the Bengals fan base that were in that stadium yeah. who came to cheer a football game. When it didn't work out and it was time for everybody to get up and leave, they didn't boo. They didn't throw things on the field no. because the game was canceled. They got up. They, By the way, they cheered the Buffalo Bills out of the tunnel. And then they got up and they left. And some of them went to the hospital. Now, I'm pretty sure not everyone felt the same way. Some stayed and prayed and did whatever they did. There was Buffalo fans in there as well. It's not a far drive from Cincinnati. So I'm sure some people Mm -hmm. bonded together. I know people ended up having – they had certain signs on poster board. They wrote things on the other side and were holding them up, you know, prayers for – DeMar Hamlin and all that kind of stuff. So uh, I think a lot of people also kind of just wanted to hear the news. They wanted to hear the best news for him. I think once they saw yes. that, you know, the game, whatever, it's, that's that that wasn't on their mind anymore. And I, I think you could feel that vibe. And I think they were just hoping that Jumbotron was going to say something good or he was going to stand up to a roar and he was going to – or get on something and put his hand up. And I think mm-hmm. at that point, that's where everybody everybody was. You know, um, a lot of times. People- also, the out, although the outpouring of support for his organ for his charity organization, I thought that was a very very uh, heartwarming thing as well. For for his charity have been asking for I think it was twelve thousand dollars to give back to kids for uh, a Christmas. Yeah, just a, you know, he was just trying to make a nice little community effort. Nothing big, you know, right? And it, not, you know, yeah, exactly. To his local community where he's from, he's from Pennsylvania, played at the University of Pittsburgh, now playing for Buffalo, and wanted to raise a little bit of money to give back to the community. And went from I think it was like ten thousand to four million dollars in less than an overnight. So, like the the overwhelming amount of support that as Americans we give each other in these unfortunate times always reestablishes my faith in the fellow person. As, as ugly and as dark as we can get amongst each other, oftentimes you will see a tragedy like this and you'll see people step up and, and, and show their humility and, and show their ability to have compassion for other people. And that is the thing that I always go back to that gives me hope going forward whenever we have a negative situation in this country. Yeah. Yeah, that's true, man. There's uh, there's still a lot of good and a lot of, you know, um, uh, unity then you don't hear about. And it's still and it always shows it's it's, you know, itself again in times like this. And there'll be other different kinds of tragedies and it'll be affect different kinds of people and victims. And, and those things always kind of every every time those things happen, they, there's a, always a rise of that of, of that good. And, uh, yeah, you can only just, I mean, it's going to be tough to enjoy football and definitely, and and definitely the short term, I mean, you know, that was one of the questions we had on the other show and Kaplan and crew is, will this change the way you watch football? Uh, 
I'll pose the question to you before I answer my answer that I had earlier. Uh, well, I think it will, at least in the very short term, sure. And uh, I don't, I don't want to sound like that's just you know, life is a, I, a revolving door. So see, I mean, but yes, I think it. I think it already has. Um, I for me, I, I I don't I don't think this is going to change how people take football in because we've baked in this level of violence through via concussion or again, watching a person break their arm or break their leg. We've, we've, and this is far beyond that line, but we've conditioned ourselves as viewers of the sport to accept violence. We've conditioned ourselves to accept mangled bodies. We've conditioned ourselves to watch guys deteriorate over time instead of having a long life have their life shortened by this game. So I don't think this is going to I don't I don't think one person is going to turn it off. Yeah. I don't think not one person is going to not show up. Wherever the Bills are scheduled to play, that stadium is going to be sold out in anticipation sure. hoping for a game because I don't I, I think as a society, especially the American people, we are so desensitized to violence. Yep. in this country that the thing that happens to one doesn't affect us all again compassion is different empathy is different but those things oftentimes in this sport doesn't change the way you view it because you are you're pre-programmed to accept it like we are pre-programmed to be okay with them carting somebody off the field who can't move their limbs because they've been paralyzed like Ryan Shazier yeah and the game same, keep going. Same field, right? Ryan Shane's there. That happened in Cincinnati? Yep. And the game keep going. A man just basically severed his spinal cord. Okay, make sure he now cart him off, and here we go, back at it again. So it, it, these, are, these are some of the things where I don't think this changes anything. Now, I hopefully, hopefully he lives – and they can find out if he had some type of pre-undiagnosed condition that could have aided this. Because it seems like this was just one of those freak accidents that, by the way, it's a miracle we haven't gotten to this point before. The guys are bigger, stronger, and faster than ever before in the history of this game. It is a miracle that this is the first time that we've had this happen on the field, widely displayed, at this nature so i it's i don't know man i don't know yeah i don't know i i hope i hope that we can get to a point <sighs> where we can look at this and accept that football needs to change but it can't like this this is a game like this is it this is what it is yeah they've made it as safe as they're gonna make it I think, as safe like, as they possibly could. I, I was talking to somebody last night. I'm like, well, they've. I think they've already made it as safe as they can make it. That was a physical mismatch that went really, really wrong. And then, depending on what else could have occurred through the system of the body and that that particular hit, but like, 
people die from getting beat up. They get die from severe hits and severe trauma. You know, Dale Earnhardt. I mean, that could have been something like you said, shook in here. It, it sent a signal. It's it, it 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 gave him a cardiac arrest because the body was so. I, who knows? Like like you said, there's there could be. You know, between the brain, the brain is very is a big mystery, even to the great doctors, you know, so um, mm-hmm. um, a lot of the brain and a lot of its, you know, communication. So who knows? I mean, and but you see that kind of just, uh, you know, and at least in the short term, it's probably going to make me not enjoy the national championship game in this weekend and, and next weekend. Probably, I, I don't know, because it's uh, it, it was. Uh, it was it was a hard thing to watch, and then the replay, and then uh, brutal. Yeah, man. So, but um, I, I agree with your assessment overall. But personally, for me, you know, I th- I think that we again these are all teachable moments, and I think we're all going to learn something about how we go forward in sports when a tragedy like this happens. Dale Earnhardt, you say, just like you mentioned, they developed harnesses after that mm-hmm. yeah. to, to make sure that that never happened again. How do you protect against this in a game that it's based on guys colliding with each other? Like, like we get super pissed when there's a roughing the passer penalty. When a guy's like, oh, man, he barely touched him. Like, we're conditioned to accept the violence of this game. And I hope that if we're if we're going to change that, and if this is a launching point to change that, then so be it. I just don't think it is. I just don't. Like, we've accepted this. This is how this is how this game is gonna be played. And that's why I think from a standpoint of what the NFL did, what ABC did, what with the broadcast. That's why I said they got everything right, because what else could they have done? Sure. And the answer to that question is probably nothing. But hopefully we'll have a different level of topic to discuss tomorrow. I'm John Browner. That's Jason Lawhead. This is Brown and Lawhead. Welcome to 2023.